Hello and welcome to our first techpros.io interview series where we ask enterprise professionals to share their thoughts and experiences on emerging business trends. These are typically driven by technology innovation, changes in customer behavior, regulation and other market disruptions. This first series, Brand versus Demand Activation, explores the strategies B2B marketing leaders are taking to engage buyers in today's content-rich world where meetings for the most part remain virtual. We explore the balance of spend between short-term sales lead generation and longer-term brand investments, the gradual merging of B2B and B2C, and the growing importance of fostering community with buyers. Today's interview is sponsored by Network Sunday, a business-to-human marketing agency in the UK which opens doors to the C-suite and accelerates business development for leading enterprise brands such as BT, Tantar, HCL and Mindtree, all who sell high-value solutions to buyers in lengthy, unpredictable decision-making processes. Today's interview is with Sid Asakan. Siddharth is the Chief Marketing Officer at Softwire, a privately owned software development company based in London. Softwire are specialists in the delivery of digital transformation, custom-built software solutions and software development training. You can find Siddharth at linkedin.com forward slash ion forward slash Sid Asokan. Sid's name is spelt S-I-D and Asokan A-S-O-K-A-N. In his interview, Sid explains how marketing must develop intelligent strategies to secure a company's demand 6 to 12 months out by investing in top-of-the-funnel thought leadership programs. These content initiatives should expose differing market viewpoints, offering the market value and brand credibility. This longer-term nurture strategy must of course complement the ongoing urgency of delivering leads to the sales team in the short term. We hope you find the interview valuable. B2B marketers are currently under pressure to deliver a constant stream of leads to sales, meaning mm-hmm. that most spend is invested in demand activation. However, research from LinkedIn concludes that only 4% of B2B marketing teams are measuring marketing impact beyond six months. So the question is, leading marketing strategists, Les Bennett and Peter Field, say that this should change. So do you agree? Yes, absolutely. I agree. This is an everyday constant discussion right, with, with the team, with the sales team, within the marketing team. You know, everybody wants results, you know, tomorrow, day after. But to me, marketing is all about securing future demand and, you know, securing the company's future. And that's to me anywhere from beyond six to 12 months out. Right. And having said that, there's a need to balance this mid, short term and the longer term. I think if you're expecting marketing to deliver results just for the next quarter, then you're doing a disservice to everybody that's on the team. Sure, that's incredibly important. Uh, Company survival depends on it. But I think we've gotten down this path of extreme urgency and extreme focus on, on just delivering quality leads. I mean, in my view, marketing really should be thinking about using points of view, content, thought leadership to really drive future demand. And especially in a B2B scenario, it's not a linear buying cycle like we all you know, expect or like to believe. Just because somebody downloads an ebook or a white paper doesn't mean they're ready to buy right away. But 
you have to be able to do that so that when people are doing their research, we've all seen those stats about how 70% of research happens online. And when your prospects and your customers are doing that, then your company's got to be available there, front and center, top of mind. So when the time comes, when they're ready to pull the trigger and buy, then you know they reach out to you already having read your uh, points of view and thought leadership. So I think that's absolutely critical. So I think we're, we're missing a trick by getting down this path of extreme short-term focus. Whilst demand activation is critically important when buyers in the market to make a purchase, the vast majority of buyers are not, as you've mentioned. So again, Les Bennett and Peter Field say that brand marketing will secure future sales, which are more important than short-term sales for two reasons. Number one, businesses are valued based on future sales and that there are many more buyers out of market than in market. So today, mm-hmm. for example, there might be only 20 accounts looking to buy cloud computing solutions. Over the next three years, there could be 200 accounts up for grabs. And so brand building must ensure that the brand gets into those 200 consideration sets. So what is your response to the statement? And does it change your view on the balance of your marketing invest between brand and demand activation? And could you just say a little bit about why or why not? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. As I've said in my previous answer as well, I completely agree with that kind of approach. And I think many times the word brand is misunderstood because people generally tend to think of brand as the flashy sort of billboard advertising in airports or TV commercials and ads and the classic sort of consumer marketing, right? A lot of people are still stuck in thinking that when you say brand, automatically your your brain tends to go in that direction. But to me, brand is really about many different things. And especially in, you know, a B2B tech sort of consulting environment, which is, you know, uh, where Futurist operates and, and many other competitors of ours, your people are your asset, right? People are our product. And everyone says we've got the best people. How are you going to be able to showcase your people when everyone is saying that they've got the best people, right? And and to me, this is how you've got to be able to take the thoughts, the expertise that you've developed within your people, that you've gained working on different projects and be able to communicate that using content and, and thought leadership marketing. To me, that is really one of the core elements, at least the way we do it at Futurist and my past experience as well. That to me is very strongly related to brand. We're not doing things just for the sake of, oh, we need to get our brand visible out there. Yes, there are a few events and conferences that we go to, even though we know that it's not going to give us a lead today or tomorrow. But there is definitely certain things that we do for association. But to me, it's all about content and thought leadership when it comes to that brand element of marketing. So some marketers view their role as a support function to the sales team. In most cases, sales are looking for immediate opportunities to meet their targets. So first part, does your marketing function report into the sales organization? No, it does not. It reports into the CEO. And then what is your view on the importance of a separate reporting line for marketing to the CEO to avoid a potential conflict of interest between an arguably shorter-term view of the sales function and a longer-term view of the CEO board shareholders? Anything more to add? Yeah, I think to me, it tells a lot about the way an organization views marketing by, in a way, you know, where marketing sits in the organization. If it's reporting into the CEO 
or it could even be for instance i've been in an organization before where marketing reported into the chief strategy officer to me that's still okay as long as marketing is viewed as this strategic function that's there to help with long term success of the organization rather than only short term and don't get me wrong i'm not saying marketing should not play an active role in sales enablement in demand generation i think that's critically important right you can't completely switch the needle to say oh marketing can't do anything you know for the next quarter's uh, revenue generation you absolutely should but in terms of having it report into sales then i think it tends to and even the best most well intentioned head of sales or the chief of sales uh, they ultimately they want numbers and if marketing reports into them then there's going to be less leeway for you to experiment and try a bunch of things that are more longer term focused so i think that's probably the downside of that brand marketing could be described as the following three points creating more awareness and share of mind in the market creating experiences which activate emotive and sensory journeys that cultivate human connection and relationships as you said and be the brand that people think of first when ready to buy so related to that could you describe yep. any marketing initiatives that you're currently running or that you've done recently which aim to deliver these outcomes and the second part of that how are you measuring the impact or roi of these so i'll give you a, an example this is to me a good example of you know that balance between brand as well as driving demand uh, but definitely not just short term demand right more long term demand so we recently well not recently let's say in the last 12 to 18 months or so we've embarked on industry sector led propositions and what i mean by that is let's take healthcare as a sector even though as an organization we don't say we are experts in one sector or another we're quite sector agnostic but we realized to be able to break into certain key accounts you need to have a certain amount of business and domain expertise so we went down this path of saying let's come up with sector led campaigns so we've done two or three we've done one in the mobility sector which is all about you know the future of movement of people and goods urban mobility cross section of automotive car sharing ride sharing so that's one second one that we're talking about now is around health so the way we think about it is this is very much about trying to establish futurist as a leading voice for digital transformation in either health or in mobility or any sector that we pick and these are where we come up with you know unique points of view based on research based on our core capabilities and offerings but we put out points of view we go out and do industry round tables we invite speakers externally and then start using that as an opportunity to drive conversations with new prospects right so it's a combination of so what i call an integrated campaign approach so there's certain elements around thought leadership around content and then there are certain other things which is using paid linkedin advertising or seo scm to try and drive people to come and attend these events and webinars therefore essentially what you're doing is you're expanding your reach and sort of establishing futurist as somebody that's associated and leading voice in these sectors so that's i think an example from the recent past and is it too early to say how you're measuring the impact on roi of these 
No, it's not. I mean, there's very clearly. So we've got a bunch of different metrics, right? So I think there's metrics around standard sort of, you know, performance of the campaign metrics. So things like traffic to the landing page, number of downloads for the white paper. So you've got those sort of transactional metrics. Then you've got a second set of metrics, which is around how many new contacts and conversations have been established and how many of them more importantly have actually turned into a proposal or a conversation and then we track all the way to closing of a deal and revenue as well so we've separated out into different stages it's almost sort of let's say stage to the funnel if you will but it's not quite that specific but mainly to let people know that we're thinking about this in multiple different stages there's an awareness then there's the buying and then ultimately there's the win ratio the closing the revenue so Anthony Kennedy, he's the founding CMO of Gainsight, They're the company that created the customer success movement. He has a deep belief that the worlds of B2B and B2C marketing are converging, therefore ushering in a whole new era for business that must focus on the humans that sit behind the logos that we're targeting. So he refers to this as business to human marketing, the B2H side. He goes on to say that the brand in B2B is rapidly moving from a deprioritized expense and distraction from growth to the heart of business strategy. So with everything you've said, could you add a little bit more about if you agree with this and could you say why or why not? Yeah, I would definitely agree with this. To me, especially in the sector where we operate, let's say enterprise tech consulting, digital transformation consulting, it's a very crowded space. And there's only a bit here, a bit there, and you know, a small window of opportunity for you to truly capture the imagination of your customers and your prospects. And I think brand plays a very important role for you to be able to differentiate. Now, let me talk slightly a bit about a different aspect of brand that I think is equally important, which is the employer brand side of things. And by that, I mean, it's your ability to attract and retain top-notch talent because ultimately they are your brand, they are your product, and they help you deliver the kind of work that you want. So I think there's, apart from you know positioning your brands as the sort of leading player in the minds of your prospective customers, I think there's an equally important aspect of becoming a desirable place to work. Why should people come and work for your organization? And more importantly, how do you retain them and make them stay and make them feel happy and fulfilled at work? I think that's a very important element of of brand that I think a lot of organizations are waking up to. And there are specialists within marketing that are carving out a niche for themselves. So I think that's a very critical element of this whole sort of brand uh, discussion. And there the human element definitely comes in, right? Because ultimately it's about talking to individuals as prospective employees. The key principle underlying B2H marketing is defining the narrative in service to the individuals rather than the companies that they work for. For example, helping them solve problems, meet their peers and mentors through engaging content and events. So Anthony Kennedy again, he says that their thought leadership helped align Gainsight with the movement that they were creating in customer success. So content drove organic traffic and the community then became a platform for the industry to connect together and promote the category. So not only were these investments good for new business, they also helped with funding, customer satisfaction, recruitment and retention. So could you say something about how you think this approach could be applied to your own organization and if so, how? Yeah, I think if I've sort of understood your question right, it's about building that wider community with your customers and the wider ecosystem. 
So going back to that sort of mobility example, what we started to do here in the UK is bring together people from across different aspects of the mobility sector. And we've started doing these sort of, you know, closed room, intimate networking sessions. There's no sales pitch. Nobody comes there with specific intent to buy. It's really about learning from your peers, a bit of, you know, sharing challenges, learning from each other, networking with each other, because you never know, you know, where future opportunities might be for the people participating. And I think the feedback has been extremely good. And this network is now starting to grow because people are recommending their colleagues and their connections and others. So it's sort of growing organically. And I think that there's a lot of value in in organizations like us doing this because we're sort of a neutral party. Obviously, yes, ultimately, we would hope that there is business benefit for us, but equally so for everybody else in this community. So I think that's going to become an interesting way to sort of grow customer intimacy. What impact has the pandemic had on your B2B marketing activity over the last 12 months? Oh, tremendous amount. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that infographic which talks about, you know, who's in charge of digital transformation in your organization, right? And then everyone selects option C is the pandemic or COVID. So I think similarly for us, because of this, what it's done is our usual typical sort of sales process, if you will, was we used to do a lot of physical events and, you know, we'll have booths, sponsorships, and and that's where our salespeople would go network, build relationships, and it worked successfully. There wasn't that much that we were doing in a truly sort of digital sales go-to-market. And now we've had to, I mean, that's something that uh, from marketing, me and a couple of others in my team, we've been trying to push that for the last 12 months or so. But since the pandemic, I think there's been so much more openness towards that. And we've rapidly moved ahead with new tools, experimenting with new content formats, with new channels. So I think it's had a tremendous sort of boost and opened the eyes of a lot of skeptical salespeople, let's say, to this new digital way of of sales and selling. So I think it's brought marketing and sales much closer together, much faster. How do you think, Sadat, that the pandemic will affect future B2B marketing plans? I don't know if I have a definite answer for this because, you know, I think we're all sort of juggling balls in the air, trying to cope, trying to learn, trying to understand. I think one thing is for sure, it's going to have a big impact on future events. I don't think we're going to be only all virtual because I think everyone's dying with Zoom fatigue and webinar fatigue. So there's got to be almost a hybrid approach to events. I don't think anyone's cracked it as yet because I've been to a few virtual sort of events. Either the software platform isn't great or the experience isn't great. But I think over the next couple of years, that model will get perfected a little bit. There'll be more hybrid events. I think what it does do is it provides, it removes geographical boundaries. And that's not necessarily an easy thing, but I think it's something that will become reality. Meaning, The old model for companies like us to expand would be that we'd physically have to go set up base in a country or in a region if we wanted to expand there. Now, I think we're we're starting to question and think about all those assumptions. There's no reason why somebody sitting in Europe couldn't be talking to someone in Asia or the US. And I think the biggest thing that's probably going to get questioned a lot 
is you know always people will be like you've got to be able to establish a rapport by spending face time with people and shaking their hands so i think that's going to change quite a bit and i think already people are realizing that yes in some cases obviously there's no substitute for you know face to face communication and building a rapport and trust but i think people the world is changed and it'll be a lot more open to many of these sort of virtual channels and and new age digital channels so i think that's going to have a massive effect on two things one is the proliferation of channels therefore it causes more heartache for marketing teams in the short term because you're trying to figure out oh oh my god we've got so many other different platforms and channels what do we do uh, but second is going to have a big impact on the makeup and the skill sets of marketing teams so i think those are two things that i can definitely see coming down the pike thanks for listening to this techpros.io series Sponsored by Network Sunday, a leading UK business-to-human marketing agency. To learn more about TechPros and our programs, visit techpros.io or to read the ebook associated with the series, which features our podcast guests and other leaders, please visit techpros.io forward slash thought hyphen leadership forward slash marketing, which can also be found in the show notes below.